0: So today we're going to be uh, having a new series uh, and the series that we're uh, calling Unlocking the Kingdom. And I believe it's significant that uh, Steve brought his word. I also think that uh, what uh, Pete has brought the last couple of weeks really, uh, if you like, sets the scene or um, it, it really overlaps. Pete's been talking about the work of the Spirit, the anointing of the Spirit, the power of the Spirit. And how Jesus came and brought in a new era of the Spirit so that we are a people who have an anointing of the Spirit of God. Well, for us now to talk about unlocking the kingdom is not turning over a leaf and talking about a brand new topic. It's actually very much the work of the kingdom and the work of the Spirit go together. And if the kingdom is to advance, if God's way and will is to advance on planet Earth, it will be through an anointing from the father an anointing of his spirit on our lives and uh so uh you know as uh, pete spoke a um, couple of weeks ago spoke about prophetic promises in the old testament about um uh, the spirit of god coming well also closely linked to that and also promised in the old testament were several uh, passages referring to the messiah or the king coming And the king coming and bringing a kingdom. One example of that is Isaiah uh, chapter 9. And if you are familiar with that passage, it prophesies about Jesus. And it says to us, a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever and so very much the uh, promise of God saying I am going to establish a kingdom and I'm going to bring a king who is going to establish this kingdom and it's going to be unlike any other kingdom now I wonder what people thought at the time Israel the people who received that promise misunderstood They thought that uh, they had the wrong expectation about the kingdom, about what the kingdom was going to be like. They thought it was going to be like an earthly kingdom. They thought when this king came, the nation of Israel would become great and in an earthly way would become great. They had a misconception, a wrong expectation about what the kingdom was. So when the king arrives, who is Jesus, they missed the king many of them missed him when he came and introduced the kingdom they didn't get it they missed it they didn't understand what jesus was doing now the challenge is that in the church so often there has been little or no expectation at all of the kingdom which is pretty much as bad as having a wrong expectation of the kingdom there's little, little or no ex- expectation of the kingdom this side of heaven. So often we think, well, the kingdom must be when we die, when we go to heaven. But Jesus came, and the Bible teaches the kingdom is here and now. Yes, there is a great fulfillment to come, but there is a breakout of the kingdom of God here and now, and the king has come. So in this series... We're uh, called Unlocking the Kingdom. We're basing it in the Gospel of Luke. Uh, Most of the passages we speak from will be in Luke. And what I suggest you do is that um, get into the Gospel of Luke. It's amazing. I've loved the Gospels, all the Gospels I love about Jesus. I love about... they, 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 They just show his passion for God's heart and to bring the kingdom to earth. And so if you read through the book of Luke and over the next few weeks, um, it, will do you, it will do you good. It will do you absolutely good. What we're going to do as we walk through this series is we're going to watch and learn from Jesus. We're going to come back to the King and see what the King is like and see what he has come and brought. And to see what, in that sense... Uh, we carry as well. So we're not just only coming to watch and learn from Jesus. I believe through this series, we can be trained and released by him, which is what true discipleship is. If you're a believer in Jesus today, you may say, yeah, I'm, I'm a disciple of Jesus. I want to suggest to you that a disciple of Jesus is one who is trained and released by Jesus to do the stuff that Jesus did. You see, Jesus wants us to bring heaven's rule on earth. He wants to do that through us, his followers. And uh, I get the impression of this. If we are not living under Jesus' rule, and if we are not uh, living to bring his rule through our lives, then we've missed the point of following Christ. Let me say that again, because I think that should be a bomb that hits us. If we are not living under his rule and bringing his rule through our lives, we've missed the point of what it means to follow Christ. We carry something. And so what I want to talk to you about today is the king and his kingdom. Bit of an introduction, I guess, but we will be covering a few chapters or a few passages in the Gospel of Luke. We're looking at the king and his kingdom, and one of the messages, or the first message we get from Luke, is this that the king is here. That's what Luke is introducing his Gospel. He's introducing the king has arrived. And when the king arrives, when Jesus arrives, what we find is immediately we are aware he is no ordinary king. No ordinary king at all. Around the birth of Jesus, there is a heap of Holy Spirit activity, supernatural activity, that marks Jesus out as unique. And so what you find is that Mary, who is a virgin, she is not married, she's not in a relationship, uh, she gets pregnant with the Son of God. We read also that Zechariah sees visions of an angel comes and he doesn't believe the message that the angel gives him and he gets struck dumb for nine months as the power of God comes and reveals stuff to him. Elizabeth who is Mary's cousin. Uh, she gets pregnant with uh, the John the Baptist. And when Mary, who's now pregnant, carrying Jesus, comes into to visit um, Elizabeth, Elizabeth's baby leaps in her womb and is filled with a spirit. And we understand that her baby is filled with the spirit from birth as well. The activity of the spirit is all over the place. Joseph, I don't know if he was prone to having dreams, he suddenly gets lots of dreams about this girl that he's dating, that actually she's going to be pregnant, she's going to have the son of God, his name's going to be Jesus, and he's got to be okay about it, and take her as his wife, because she hasn't been up to something that she shouldn't have been up to. Supernatural breakthrough. And uh, Joseph wakes up from this dream and knows that God has got his attention. This is no ordinary king. So an angel announces the birth of Jesus to Mary. <laughs> you know where she says, "What? Well, how's that going to happen? Supernaturally? The Holy Spirit is going to move on you. You are going to have the Son of God." On the night Jesus is born, angels announce to shepherds his birth a special star appears in the night sky to announce his birth so that three, well, assume three, the wise men from a distant country, I don't know if they're god-worshippers at all, they notice a new star, realise supernaturally that a king has been born and travel a great distance to come and worship this king. This king's different. He's not a normal king. When he arrives, it's not in a palace. You'd expect it to be in a palace. No, it's a stable. Oh, well, that makes sense. No, it doesn't make sense at all. It's extraordinary. He's in a stable in humility, in obscurity. And so what you get is, as the king arrives, you realise something of the nature of the kingdom that he is part of and the nature of the king himself. There's a mix of this humility and as you understand, you look at Jesus, he's humble, he's full of grace, he's full of compassion, he never blows his own trumpets. You get this amazing character of the king and yet at the same time as this humility and compassion and mercy and communicating the love of God, you understand straight away this man, this king is supernatural, he's anointed by the spirit, he is of another realm altogether. So you get the power of God and the mercy and tenderness of God wrapped up in this king. And you get an impression this is kind of maybe what the kingdom is like, full of grace and mercy, wide open doors, drawing people in, and yet full of the supernatural activity of God. And it's dependent on the spirit of God. This is not a normal kingdom. This isn't a normal king. The angel tells Mary, I think this is it, you will conceive and give birth to a son. He will be called the Son of the Most High. He will reign forever. His kingdom will never end. All other kingdoms come to an end. This king is going to be on the throne forever. And not only will his kingdom never end, it will go on and increase and expand and fill the earth. His kingdom will never be overthrown. Hallelujah. His kingdom will never be conquered. Then the angels, they tell the shepherds, Luke 2. They come and say, A Savior has been born. He is the Messiah, the Lord, or Christ the Lord, as some versions say. Christ, what does Christ mean? Well, it's not Jesus Christ, it's not his surname. Christ means Messiah is the Hebrew Christ is the anglicized version of the Greek what it means is the anointed one Jesus the anointed one and the shepherds are told this king is Jesus the anointed one this is the one that the spirit of God is going to rest upon and his power is going to be displayed through him And so we find that he's the one who's going to live under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Hence the tie into what Pete's been talking about these last few weeks. He's the one whose kingdom will be expressed through a people living under the same anointing. Why do you think we're called Christians? Why do we carry the name of Christ? It's not so you've just got a label and you can tick a box on a religious thing. It's so that Jesus Christ, the anointed one, you carry the name of Christ because you too are an anointed one. Because you too carry the anointing that Jesus has. Because his kingdom is dependent upon the anointing of the Spirit resting on the king and resting on his people. It's a supernatural kingdom. It's not a kingdom of this world. It's not work your way up the picking order. No, we rest under the anointing. So, an unanointed Christian life is just, it's just, what's that thing? It just doesn't fit, does it? It's an oxymoron. Is that the word? It's an oxymoron. It's, you know, an unanointed Christian life, an unanointed anointed one life. Doesn't make sense. If we're to take the name of Christ, we're to understand that uh, we are to have the same anointing. More of that as we go through the series. At the age of 12, Jesus is already understanding his purpose, why he's come. And so you remember that story when he gets uh, in the temple and... uh, uh, he gets questioned by the priests and he's answering the questions. And Mary and Joseph come and find him and go, What are you doing? Why, have you, why did you not tell us you were staying in Jerusalem? Why haven't you come home with us? And Jesus says, Didn't you know I had to be about my father's business? And already he's understanding my assignment is to come to the earth to bring my father's kingdom to this earth. That's my assignment. And even from the age of 12, he understands this is his purpose. This is why he's come. To rescue this earth from the grip of Satan and the way that Satan has spoiled things, Jesus says, I've come back to get the earth back for my father. This is what the kingdom is. And it's a supernatural kingdom. John the Baptist points out in Luke 3, uh, he, Jesus, will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So this anointed one, the one who is anointed from heaven, the Christ, the anointed one, is also the one who will anoint people so that his people can carry out and bring the kingdom and kingdom influence on planet earth. That's why the Lord's Prayer says, you know, as you know, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Bring your kingdom to earth as it is in heaven. We're not waiting for heaven, we're asking God and looking to bring what is in heaven to earth, to bring freedom to people, to bring the release of God's kingdom. At Jesus' baptism, we read in Luke 3, I won't give you all of these things, but Luke 3, uh, Jesus' baptism, the Holy Spirit descends on him and a voice comes from heaven, You are my son, I love you, I am pleased with you. On that day, Jesus receives that anointing from the Spirit for his public ministry. He also hears heaven's approval. This king has heaven's approval. It was like the Father was speaking from heaven, saying, this is my king, he's my son, he's my representative, he will bring on earth what I long to bring on earth, he will bring heaven on earth, he will bring my kingdom, he's my representative, I'm pleased with him, I'm proud of him, he's my son. This is the voice that Jesus heard. Luke 4, immediately after Jesus receives The Holy Spirit, in that sense of anointing and that approval from heaven, full of the Spirit, we read, start of chapter 4. He goes into the desert and is tempted, hounded by the devil, hounded by the devil for 40 days. Non stop temptation. And he is the only person who has lived through that sort of temptation and come through victorious. He overcame, he never succumbed to one temptation never once this is the king this is the king who leads this kingdom you see the king is superior to satan let's get that right out there this is not a battle of equal forces the king is superior period when jesus said all authority has been given to me that doesn't leave much other authority left to anyone else, does it? You see, the king is superior to the Satan and is about to demonstrate a kingdom that is superior as well. Secondly, the kingdom is here. The message that you get through Luke, you get it through any of the Gospels. We read after the temptation of uh, of Jesus that uh, he returns to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit. Everything Jesus did, he made it ever so clear, I only do what the Father shows me. I only do what he tells me. He lived under the anointing of the Spirit. He didn't carry out his works in his own ways. In fact, he said, without the Father, I can't do anything. And then he turns around to us and says without me you can't do anything either. So if you if we're disciples and we're learning to follow Christ, get used to feeling useless. Get used to feeling out of your depth because the kingdom is out of your depth. It's out of my depth. In the synagogue, he announces his manifesto. Not as a politician trying to get votes. He states his intent in coming to this earth. And he declares this, the spirit of the Lord is on me. He's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, to proclaim favour for the prisoners, recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. This is what my kingdom's about, he's saying. He's quoting Isaiah 61. If you want a fuller passage, dive into Isaiah 61 and find out what the kingdom is about. These are a few of the things here. The kingdom is about forgiveness. That's what the Spirit of God is on Jesus. That's what the, the kingdom brings. It brings forgiveness it breaks the power of poverty. Notice there Jesus says, it's good news to the poor. In heaven there is not a supply issue or a resource issue. Therefore, Jesus came to in some way break the evilness of poverty on the earth and the grip that it has. Jesus came to uh, give freedom for prisoners. Notice also, two down there, uh, uh, freedom for captives as well. There's two sorts of a captivity, if you like. A captive is someone who's maybe been put in chains by someone else. Maybe you know you've been trapped by someone else or someone has sinned against you. You feel trapped and you are a captive. Someone else, it could be a satanic work, it could be someone else, uh, another human being, has bound you and you feel trapped. Jesus came to set the captives free. Or you could be a prisoner. You go to prison when you've done something wrong. Your own dumb mistake, my own dumb mistake, our own sin has led us to prison. We're in prison of our own making. Jesus came to set the prisoner free. Hallelujah. He came to bring restoration to the blind and to the deaf, to bring God's favour, to bring healing uh, for disease and sickness, to bring wholeness. Uh, Isaiah talks about comfort to the brokenhearted, talks about an anointing of joy. The kingdom of God is is so releasing. And this is the type of thing that Jesus came to bring. And Jesus finishes on that day when he's there reading the scripture. He says, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. What's he saying? He's saying the king is here and he's brought his kingdom with him. Today. Today my kingdom starts invading the earth and captives are set free. Today God's will is starting to be established on earth. I'm winning this planet back from the grip of the evil one. The kingdom of God is coming. It's right here. And his kingdom never ends because of the promises of scripture and it always increases. The kingdom is here. And then... In almost every chapter in the Gospel of Luke, there are demonstrations of power and supernatural breakout. You can't get away from it. You read the Gospels, you try and find a chapter with no supernatural power being displayed by Jesus. I'm not going to give you a fiver, but no. I mean... (laughs) In almost every chapter, you will find supernatural breakthrough. But Jesus doesn't merely teach the kingdom. He proclaims the kingdom and signs of the kingdom flood in. It's like he talks about what God wants to do on the earth and people are healed and set free all around him. Hallelujah. And we read in the Bible that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we expect the king to do exactly the same sort of things as he did back then, now. So when you know that Jesus came to heal, you can know and have confidence right now that Jesus came to heal you. And Jesus can heal you. And if you're feeling oppressed, know this, if you feel there's an oppression upon you, Jesus can set the captives free right now. And I want to share some scriptures with you. I want to share some scriptures of what Jesus did. And I'm only going to be trawling through the early chapters of, uh, of uh, Luke. But I'm, just, I'm going to pray in a moment, actually, because I believe that if we mix faith with the word, we can see the king do the same things. And these stories are not written so that we can tell stories about Jesus. Stories of Jesus are told to show what he does and to show what he wants to do again and as we read some things you may go you may find in your heart faith released I've got something that I think that I take that category I want to claim that freedom the king is here we up for that? Yeah. so why don't we pray because Jesus can heal you the truth is this Jesus can forgive you it's his agenda it's on his agenda to do he can forgive you he can set you free right now Hallelujah. Father, as we just uh, look at what Jesus has already done, Father, I pray that you would mix our faith with it. Let faith rise all across this room. Thank you, you are the same yesterday, today and forever. Thank you that when you came, you came with such authority and you demolished the works of the evil one. And Father, we come to you and say we are so dependent on the king being among us. As we share what you've done already, release healing and freedom among us in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let faith rise across this room. Let faith rise. This Jesus is here. This Jesus has authority. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's do that. We're going to be talking in future weeks about how the anointing is for us as well his people and we carry this anointing but we're just asking jesus to do his thing this morning in uh let me just have i got these here i think we have these are examples luke 4 from verse 31 what you find is this is immediately after he's declared the kingdom is coming and what he intends to do he finds a a man he's in a, a synagogue there a man is troubled by an impure spirit And he's affected, he's hounded, he's oppressed. Jesus, we read, rebukes it sternly. Be quiet. Come out of him. Such authority. You see, Jesus sets the oppressed free. In fact, we were praying this morning and Pete felt that actually oppression is going to be lifted off people this morning. If you felt oppressed, let it go in the name of Jesus. Because Jesus is here and he does what he always has done. And on this day, this man was oppressed and the captive was set free because the king commanded, be quiet, come out of him, set him free. And he became free. You see, this king and in the kingdom there is authority to set prisoners free, to set the captives free. Whether you've been bound by your own sinfulness, And your own unbelief, or whatever it is, you can be freed from that prison. Or whether you feel you've been carrying some shame or some things that have been done to you for years and you've felt locked up, in the name of Jesus, you can be free today. Because the King's here. And He loves to free people who are trapped, He loves to free people. You go through the next few verses. Jesus is in another situation. Simon's mother-in-law has a fever. He bends over her and rebukes the fever. And it leaves her. He didn't pray a nice prayer. He rebukes the fever. He sees it as an atrocity that she is trapped with this fever. And he rebukes it. And it leaves her straight away. You see, this king has authority over fevers. And then at sunset, just immediately after this, that that healing happened on the Sabbath day, at sunset, uh, a crowd gathers round. It says, people brought various people, uh, uh, people who had various kinds of sickness, laying his hands on each one, he healed them. Moreover, many demons came out of people. He has authority over fevers. He has authority over demonic activity. He has authority over every sickness. And some of these long-term winter sicknesses, in Jesus' name, we can see breakthrough. Some of us had throat things for a long while. Jesus has authority over it. Let's come under the authority of Jesus. Bring your kingdom. Set us free in Jesus' name. A man with leprosy in chapter 5 He comes to Jesus. He says, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus touches him and says, I am willing. Be clean. He touches the untouchable. But listen, he is willing to click to heal. Listen to it. The king is willing to heal. And he has authority over skin diseases. Anyone got skin infections here today? Anything that, any rashes? In Jesus' name, receive what the king brings. He has authority over skin conditions. Then there's the paralysed man. The friends brought him to Jesus. Jesus declares over him, uh, your sins are forgiven. He notices faith there as the the friends bring him. He says, "Your, your sins are forgiven. And then he says, get up, take up your mat and go home. Instantly, the man gets up. This king, and in his kingdom, there is authority to forgive sins. Hallelujah. You can be forgiven today because of what Jesus... Jesus has authority to forgive you. He also has authority over paralysis. And anything in your body that has stopped working, the king has authority over it. Hallelujah. Chapter 6. We're only in chapter 6. Jesus is doing some pretty cool stuff here. A man with his shriveled hands, Jesus sees him in the crowd, sees him, I think he's in a a synagogue setting, and Jesus says to him, stretch out your hand, and it's completely restored. This is the kingdom coming. The king saying, this is my agenda, and he demonstrates it with power. In his kingdom, things are restored to their God-intended function. Things that have shriveled or lost their functionality get restored in the name of Jesus. If you find that you've got a situation where part of your body has ceased to function, just believe Jesus. He has authority to heal that and bring release to you, even now, as you think, that's my situation. Jesus, come and bring your healing. I was going to tell you a story of bottling, bottling out and praying for a guy at the gym. Well, yeah, it wasn't quite as cool as Jesus. This, I will tell you. This man, this man was at the gym, and I've been meaning to pray for him for ages. I've bottled out so many times. This week, I did pluck up courage to pray for him. I would love to say, I said to him, stretch out your hand, and it got healed. It didn't. I've taken the first step, but listen, I believe that Jesus is the one who says, stretch out your hand. It gets restored. And we're going to push for it. It's not without reason we've said as a church, one of our uh, values that we're going, cultural values is this, we want to be a people of courage. People of courage. I'm so often not. That's why we're aiming for it and saying, because the king is full of courage. He gives us his courage. And so you can go on. There's a a, a centurion whose uh, servant is sick and dying, and Jesus says to him, go, and it will be done just as you believed it would you remember that uh, situation where the centurion says you don't need to come to my house uh, just say the word and he'll be healed and jesus says wow i'll take that faith right go and it will be, you'll be healed and he went home found out he was healed exactly the same hour that uh, jesus said go home and he'll be healed amazing authority you see jesus looks for faith and us to combine faith. Maybe another week we can look more at faith. But Jesus, listen, this servant was sick and dying. Jesus has authority over life-threatening disease and terminal illness. Let's get that right out there. We have seen people and lost people to things like cancer. Jesus has authority over terminal illness. And he has authority to turn things around. And his intention is to bring his kingdom on earth. He wants people of courage who are going to say, we're going to be servants of the king with the same anointing and see that sort of breakthrough. I long to see it. And then there's a woman's only son, a uh, widow's only son, uh, who dies. His heart goes out to her and says, don't cry. Uh, and then uh, says to the young man, I say to you, get up. Jesus is full of compassion. Listen, healing comes out of compassion. Sometimes you get that Jesus was annoyed at the work of the enemy, but he's full of compassion towards the person. This kingdom, in this kingdom, has authority over death. There is nothing and no one that can stop him. John, When John the Baptist doubts and says, Are you the one? Are you the one? Jesus points to all the miracles that are happening and saying, Don't fall away. Come on. Listen, this is what's happening right now. He says, the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear, the dead are raised, the good news is proclaimed to the poor. The kingdom is here and the king's brought his kingdom with us, with him. He's invading the earth. We need to wrap up, but can I just say this? Throughout Jesus' ministry, he demonstrated the kingdom and he demonstrated kingdom life. And there are some lessons for us to learn. He modelled what it was to live in the kingdom and to bring the kingdom. Living in his kingdom is living beyond their own ability and strength. Get used to it. If you can do it, you're probably not living a kingdom life. that's a challenge eh? Jesus never intends you to live within your ability yeah. he intends you as he did to learn to listen to the father's voice and do what the father says yeah. he came with an anointing from the spirit and we do good if we learn to trust an anointing and rely on an anointing not our own strength yeah. This kingdom is not of this world. It's different. In this world, we're told to strive and do better and do better and do it in your own strength. And da-da-da. Jesus suddenly says, my kingdom is topsy-turvy. It's different. There's a realm in the spirit which is out of your depth, and you need the spirit to be able to perform the works of the kingdom. You can't do it. And listen, if we can achieve our Christian faith by our own strength and going through, then I suggest maybe it's not the Christian life we're living. Too many challenges here. You see, a kingdom lifestyle is not settling for the status quo. But it's actively seeking, I want to bring what's in heaven and see it established on earth. I want to see his glory come here. I want to see his freedom brought to the captives here. I want to see his wholeness and healing brought here. We're a people of the kingdom and a people of the king of the kingdom. Let's just, can we just stand now? And I'm conscious, I'm just conscious, parents, you will have to go and get your kids. Feel free to bring them back in or feel free to um, uh, just collect them and stay out there but let's just pray because i believe god wants to don't want us to rush off joe could you tinker we won't we won't be long but i do want to leave just some space really for the king to come we'll talk on other weeks we're talking on other weeks about how this king passes his anointing on to his followers so that we can do the stuff. If you're freaked by that, good. Because we can't do it without the anointing. We'll talk about that other weeks, all right? Nat's going to be talking a bit about that. But the same power, the same authority, the same agenda is what we're going to be learning about on other weeks and how we step into it. But let's just ask Jesus right now. Come, Holy Spirit, let's pray for an anointing to come all over this room. Holy Spirit, we pray for you to come upon us. We thank you for the promise of the Father that those who follow you would be endowed with power from on high. Come and rest on this in this room right now in Jesus' name. I encourage you, I want to encourage you, dear ones, if you have. A situation that we've read about and you think god i want that freedom reach out to god right now because the king is here the king is here in jesus name i break the power of sickness which lingers on and on and on in jesus name we break the power of that and say be clean in jesus name hidden illnesses that you're hiding from people that you're worried have a terminal nature to it we break in the name of Jesus we break the curse of it we break the stigma of it over you in Jesus name in Jesus name I I, I am felt that there was maybe somebody here going to be uh, with a, a broken uh, bone or something that hadn't set properly and I was, I was shocked actually to see um Uh, Francis you there with a a thing on you I'd love to pray for you when we close I'd love to pray for you or maybe people pray around you that whatever's busted here gets fixed by the power of Jesus if there's anyone else here who responds to that and you've had a bone that's previously been broken but it hasn't set right let's see what the king wants to do today if you've been suffering with oppression in Jesus' name, I break the hold and the lies that have been spoken over you in Jesus' name. We bind up every work of the enemy, and we stand under the authority of the King, who loves us, who came to set us free, who came to forgive us. Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. So I just thank you Jesus.